No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. After Moses met with the Lord on Mount Sinai, he agreed to return to Egypt to deliver the children of Israel. But today we see that because he neglected one thing, he almost lost his life. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Exodus chapter 4 on Simply the Bible. As Moses was herding sheep in the desert of Sinai, the Lord appeared to him in the burning bush and called him to deliver his people out of the bondage of Egypt. Moses reluctantly agreed if his older brother Aaron would be his spokesman. We pick it up today in Exodus chapter 4, verse 18. So Moses went and returned to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, Please let me go and return to my brethren who are in Egypt and see whether they are still alive. And Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. Moses needed to take some time off work, so he went to Jethro, his father-in-law. It's interesting, though, that he didn't tell Jethro the real reason that he was going back to Egypt. Was he afraid of what Jethro would think? Was he afraid Jethro would ask too many questions and think that he was crazy and lost his mind? Who knows? Verse 19, Now the Lord said to Moses in Midian, Go return to Egypt, for all the men who sought your life are dead. Then Moses took his wife and his sons and set them on a donkey, and he returned to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the rod of God in his hand. The Lord must have known that Moses was afraid, for he encouraged him by telling him that the men who had once sought his life for murder were now dead. There was no more avenger of blood to come after him. He didn't need to worry. So Moses took his wife and his sons and set them on a donkey. Moses' second son, Eliezer, was born by this time, although the birth is not mentioned in the narrative. And they all journeyed to the land of Egypt. Moses took the rod of God in his hand. Now up to this point, it had been Moses' rod that he used as a shepherd. But now it was called the rod of God. God had taken that thing that was in Moses' hand and transformed it into his instrument. That's what God does when we take whatever is in our hand and give it to the Lord. God takes our natural ability and gives it supernatural empowerment. For example, David's sling that he used to scare off the lion and the bear became a lethal weapon launching a stone missile into Goliath's forehead because it was now the sling of God. So what is in your hand that you can dedicate to God that he can transform into an instrument of righteousness? Verse 21. And the Lord said to Moses, When you go back to Egypt, see that you do all these wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in your hand. But I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. Then you shall say to Pharaoh, 
Thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, my firstborn. So I say to you, let my son go that he may serve me. But if you refuse to let him go, indeed, I will kill your son, your firstborn. God gave Moses more instructions as to what to expect when he arrived in Egypt. The Lord would continue to portion out his word to Moses. Jesus told his disciples, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Like someone walking outside after a movie matinee, there's only so much light we can take at once. God gave Moses a supernatural gift to use before Pharaoh, and likewise, God gives every believer a spiritual gift to use for his purpose and glory. Now, why did God have to remind Moses to do all the wonders before Pharaoh? He already had told him this. Probably because otherwise Moses may not have done it. He may have been too shy or reserved to actually use his gift. Listen, whatever gift God has given you, exercise it boldly and watch the Lord bless it. Some people have trouble with God saying that he would harden Pharaoh's heart. The Apostle Paul uses this example in Romans 9 to make the argument for God's sovereignty. For the scripture says to the Pharaoh, For this purpose I have raised you up that I may show my power in you and that my name may be declared in all the earth. Therefore he has mercy on whom he wills and whom he wills he hardens. Does this mean that God is unfair? What if God had never hardened Pharaoh's heart? Would the king of Egypt let the people go? We will see that from Moses' first encounter with Pharaoh, he responded, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. Pharaoh made his own decision at the outset to resist the Lord, and then God hardened him in that position so that he could use him to demonstrate his mighty power to the world. The Lord considered Israel to be his firstborn son. The prophet Hosea writes, When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. Matthew quotes this verse and applies it to Jesus when Joseph and Mary left Egypt after King Herod died and brought their firstborn toddler with them to Nazareth. God has the same fatherly affection for Israel as he has for his own son. Because Pharaoh wouldn't release God's firstborn to worship him, then the Lord would take Pharaoh's firstborn from him. Verse 24, And it came to pass on the way at the encampment that the Lord met him and sought to kill him. Then Zipporah took a sharp stone and cut off the foreskin of her son and cast it at Moses' feet and said, Surely you are a husband of blood to me. So he let him go. Then she said, You are a husband of blood because of the circumcision. This is a very strange account. Why would the Lord call Moses to deliver his people and then seek to kill him? We must read between the lines here. We know that the wages of sin is death. Moses had obviously sinned. God's covenant with Abraham was that every male child was to be circumcised on the eighth day after his birth. 
anyone who was not circumcised would be cut off from Israel. Evidently, Moses circumcised Gershom, but not their second son. It seems that there was marital strife over this. And Zipporah, who was a Midianite, probably didn't see why they needed to put their second son, Eleazar, through the whole ordeal. Rather than upholding the Lord's commandment, Moses gave in to his wife. He's not the first, and he won't be the last. He just didn't want to hassle with her about it. But now Moses is going to deliver Israel and take the nation to Mount Sinai where they will receive the covenant of the law. Yet Moses himself hasn't kept the one commandment of God's covenant with Abraham. So the Lord wouldn't let Moses take another step toward Egypt until he first took care of this matter. We don't know how the Lord sought to kill him. Perhaps God struck him suddenly with sickness. But Zipporah knew immediately what was wrong. This tells me that because she crossed her husband to protect their son from circumcision, her conscience was bothering her. So she immediately circumcised Eliezer to save Moses' life. Then she threw down the foreskin at Moses' feet and said, Surely you are a husband of blood to me. She obviously wasn't happy about it. This ought to convince us that this is a true story. Moses certainly wouldn't make this stuff up. These are real people with real problems, just like in our families. Verse 27, And the Lord said to Aaron, Go into the wilderness to meet Moses. So he went and met him on the mountain of God and kissed him. So Moses told Aaron all the words of the Lord who had sent him and all the signs which he had commanded him. The Lord had told Moses that Aaron was coming and he told Aaron where to go to meet Moses. When God moves, he works both ends. Moses brought his older brother up to speed on God's plan. Verse 29, Then Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the children of Israel. And Aaron spoke all the words which the Lord had spoken to Moses. Then he did the signs in the sight of the people. So the people believed, and when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel and that he had looked on their affliction, then they bowed their heads and worshipped. This had to have been a faith booster to Moses. God told him the elders would heed his voice and go with him to address Pharaoh, and now they believed him. Aaron did the talking while Moses did the miracles. The brothers Levi, with the Lord's help, made a great team. Now it is interesting that Moses was concerned that the elders wouldn't believe him, and that is why God gave him the signs of the rod turning into a snake and his hand turning leprous and then becoming clean again. But it says that the people believed when they heard that the Lord had visited them and looked on their affliction. It was the word of God rather than the signs that was the cause of their faith. And this is just what scripture tells us. Romans 10:17 says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When they heard the good news that God saw what they were going through and was doing something about it, then they believed. That is why it is so important that we preach the Word of God and especially the good news of Jesus Christ. There is a common misconception that people need signs to believe. 
Signs are helpful to confirm our faith. But Jesus said, A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign shall be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. The sign of which Jesus spoke was that just as Jonah was three days and nights in the belly of a fish, so he would be three days and nights in the heart of the earth. Then he would be resurrected from the dead. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is God's definitive sign to an unbelieving and skeptical world. Finally, after the children of Israel believed the good news that Moses and Aaron brought, they bowed their heads and worshipped. No doubt this was the response the Lord hoped for. He would deliver his people from bondage by a mighty hand and outstretched arm so that they would worship him. Likewise, it pleases the Lord to show us his mercy, to save us from our sins, so that we may freely and lovingly worship him. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow we'll see that as Moses and Aaron obeyed the Lord and addressed Pharaoh, things got much worse. Just because we're doing God's will doesn't mean things will be easy. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Exodus on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.